20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2, only on Hulu, Friday. Look at us, all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots, shots, shots! This Friday. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Vacation Friends 2, rated R, streaming only on Hulu, Friday. Pedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! All right, Brad, we are back. Ready to talk some Giants baseball. Yeah. Not the best week for us to come out of, though. You know, one of the tricks of the trade here, I'll give away a secret. I think we've talked about this before. Uh, MLB's app, they do the con- like the little recaps, like the three-minute video recaps. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and so uh, I watched bits and pieces of, let's see, out of the six, out of the six games, I watched bits and pieces of like four of them. But there were two games that I literally had no idea what at least the the way that it looked on TV. Yeah. And so you go to MLB, they do the nice like 3 to 4 minute video recap and and you basically see all you know a lot of the scoring. And so as I'm watching it, I'm like okay, you know, that the Logan Webb game, we probably should have won that game. We would have been 3 and 0 to start, then the Padres series wouldn't have hurt as badly. Then there's the the craziness uh, of, of the the first two Padres games, they were kind of playing close, and then the defense lets them down a little bit. And then obviously the last Padres game was uh, they looked like uh, the bad news bears out there for for most <laughs> yeah. of it. But I think there are. I, I was I was all ready to come in here with like ah oh, negativity ah oh, the you know the team looked really bad. I'm actually going to turn it around a little bit because I think there are some positives coming out of what I saw. Uh, so we're going to talk about. The week we'll talk about the upcoming week because they have a big series against the Mets. It's a measuring stick series. Yeah, but you know, so was the Padres series was a measuring stick series. Yeah, this whole uh, the whole season is a measuring <laughs> stick. <laughs> I mean, you you win 107 games, and then you come out the next season, and if you don't win a series like you do. You know, and you just go belly up against the Padres. Everybody's going to look at that and go, "What kind of team is this? Is this this team is garbage now?" I mean, you're not going to win 108 games this year. Yeah, you're probably not even going to win 100 games this year. 107 yeah. was tough to do. I it mean, Luke, we're sort we're sort of like shooting for the 88 ish range, right? Like now. that's kind of the target. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at it too, I saw a lot yesterday. Should the Giants just start selling? Oh God, are they out of playoff contention? It's like no, they're not. They <laughs> they they're in the slot for the second wild card. Remember, there are three wild yes, cards there's three. this year. I think they even have a two or three game lead on the third wild card. That combined with the fact that it's May, it's not even June yet. Yeah, and you are not going to sell until a week or two before the trade deadline when you really start to think about it. Um, but, but I don't, I mean, we're so far from that right now. Yeah. Uh, but also I want to talk about some of the transactions that have, that have happened. Like if you are not paying attention to your transactions list here with, uh, with fire, uh, fire sales, 80 here, it's, <laughs> it's tremendous how many moves that they make a week. And, and so we'll look at that. We'll look at the Juan Soto situation. Uh, you know, nice, fun rumor that, you know, there's there's probably not a ton to it at this point, but good player to think about uh, as, you know, if his situation with uh, with Washington changes uh, to what it currently is. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, that'll do it. And then we'll ta- also talk about what we're drinking today. But let, let's start with the, the news of the day because... I don't know, an hour ago, maybe, the Giants put uh, Austin Slater on the 10-day uh, left yeah. wrist inflammation. Do you know how he hurt it? You know, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but knowing him, it was probably some sort of dive. I mean, he's the guy's flying all over the outfield. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't see um, I didn't see him come out. I didn't see him wince on any of the catches that he made, any of the swings that he took. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it could have just been something that was very minor at the time. You know how that goes. Oh, yeah. Especially oh, yeah. as old guys really know that. You, <laughs> you do something and then either that night or the next day or five days later, you're like, did I do something? Because yeah. I'm like, I'm hurting today. Um, younger guys like that. I'm sure he probably knew when it happened and then uh, kind of inflamed up a little bit later. But I want to ask the Giants to please on Mondays when we're recording – Try to do this like three hours before we go on the air because the scramble at the last second to quickly look guys up. I mean, we knew we traded for Stuart Fairchild. Yes. It was part of the five trades that went on with the um, with the Mariners over the past month. But, but to Stewie. It's Stewie, but to sit there and scramble like a, you know an hour. Oh, we got the show ready, and now we got to quickly find more stuff on Fairchild. So please just do it at like noon. <laughs> well, see, they got to do it sort of at the last minute so that the the team that they're playing against can't, you know, they they, they yeah. also can't do the research like us. They're like, oh gosh, what what is Fairchild hit? Is, yeah, is, can he hit a curveball? So did you just say that Stuart Fairchild is hitting two home runs against the Mets tonight? How that would be great. I'm in. I'll take that. I'll take it. <laughs> um. So. Uh, so that uh, so that happened. Uh, Slater, hopefully Slater is only going to be out the the ten days. Uh, wrist things can be tricky. I, I mean, I hurt my wrist once, and I was only playing you know weekend warrior baseball. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're playing friggin' double headers every weekend. Yeah, or, or, yeah, <laughs> just, every Sunday, just two games, killing, killing yeah. your body. <laughs> um, and I remember I, I I probably had tweaked my wrist on a check swing, but. You know, not that I have access to physical therapy and all that stuff, but that thing just kind of hung with me for the whole year. So, yeah, it's not an it wasn't an easy thing to shake. Um, I think Brandon last Bell- year, last year I played, I tweaked everything. <laughs> so that's when I knew I'm too old for this crap. <laughs> uh, Brandon Belt also went on the ten day with some right knee inflammation. I think he had a cortisone shot in the knee. Like we had been watching him going like. Stu doesn't Stu he already doesn't run fast and he is not running well on top of not running fast. What's going on here? And the thing that you kind of worry about is remember when he uh when he was trying to score last year in, in the game against the Angels where he hurt the hurt his was is that a hammy or I can't remember if there's a hammy or a knee, but it was just literally just him trying to run fast and then he hurt himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As, as one does when you are Brandon Belt. <laughs> uh, Kevin Padlow comes back up to replace Belt uh, on the roster. And Kurt Casale went on the seven-day concussion list. So, Mike, is it Papierski? Yeah, <clears throat> Papierski. Papierski? Papierski. So, so really he... dangerously close to Pierzynski. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm, um, and so he's he's up. Which means that he and Bart are the only two catchers, and uh, Joey Bart on Friday was the unfortunate. Uh, he wasn't playing, and then Casali got hurt, and uh, I think it was in the last was it the last Rockies game, or was it that? I think it was that Padres game that Friday night. I think he got dinged, and so Joey Bart off the bench has to come in, and of course, two at bats, two strikeouts. Runners on base. In the, I think it's in the same inning. It may have been in the same inning where he struck out twice in the same inning. So, unfortunately what, what, for Bart. What do, we, what do we do with him? What, what do we do with Joey Bart at this point? You know, even with the horrendous at-bats and strikeouts and not being able to put the ball in play, he's still like a very average hitting catcher in baseball right now. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's and that's the whole reason you can't do anything with them, uh, and you don't necessarily want to because um, you know, like I've heard too, you 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 definitely want to leave him up in the majors uh, in the minor leagues. He's not going to learn anything else. I mean, taking a look at the team here, he is uh, right in between OPS on the season, right in between Dubon and Estrada. And we're praising Estrada. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's praising Estrada right now. And his OPS, Bart's OPS, is right in between Dubon and Estrada. Um, and Crawford is below that. Uh, Duggar was below that. 
I mean, taking a look at everybody, Longoria is way below that. But of course, Longoria hasn't been playing for very long since he came back from the injury. The uh, the injury. But look, taking a look at Joey Bart's numbers, just really fast: seventy four at bats, forty one strikeouts. <laughs> that is, you know, it, it it's really amazing because he's hitting one sixty two. Yet, yeah, yet <clears throat> his on base and his slugging percentage better than Brandon Crawford. Yeah. How ridiculous is that? And yeah. Brandon Crawford has way more plate appearances. So this yes. is not a fair uh, a fair comparison. Yeah. But he also has 30 strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but see the thing is Brandon Crawford has the track record mm-hmm. and everybody goes, "Well, you know, Brandon Crawford's going to turn it around," which is yeah. true. Yeah. That's probably going to happen. We haven't seen really anything from Bart yet. We've seen a couple of flashes, but I think what everybody wants to see is a mini streak, even just a mini streak of five or six games for his own mental health. I want to see that. Exactly. Five or six games. He hits 400, 410, 420, you know, just for five or six games. And then, then he can go back to striking out and doing everything else he's doing. Yeah. But as long as the defense is still there and he doesn't mentally take those at bats out to the field with him, uh, you know, he's still calling great games. I, I think he had an error yesterday, but everybody had an error yesterday in that awful, awful game against Padres. What was the final score? 10 to 1, 10 to 10 2. 10 to 1, I think. Yeah. 10 to 1. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was horrendous. It was just one of those games where it's like, get it all out, get it all out in that single game right there. Come back against the Mets, play a good series, win two out of three, sweep them, do whatever you got to do. But, but poor Joey Bart, man. I, you know, it, it, whenever something happens and and something bad happens to Joey Bart, I always text our little chat group and I say, "Poor Joseph." <laughs> he's, he's, we he's like our child. He is, man. I, I, you know, I feel bad for him because he's in the he's in the shoes of of Buster Posey. He's taking mm-hmm. the place. He is the starting catcher. Um, although I don't know how much longer he's the starting catcher is well, Kurt Casale. Casale is out playing him offensively by a wide margin. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, to the to the point where uh, Papirski is now up, and now we have uh, you know we have three catchers on the you, roster. You want to know what Papirski's uh, OPS plus is? Oh, give it to me. Minus 100. Ooh. Three at-bats, three strikeouts. Yeah, there you go. So there you go. Don't go knocking Joey Bart. You want to look at some awful stats. Over oh, three with three Ks. That is not going to get you uh, more than a buck 50 in the bigs. <laughs> All right, so a couple more things. Uh, so Lamont Wade Jr. had to go on the 10-day. He has left knee inflammation. What's up with these knees, man? Yeah. And so Luis Gonzalez is back up, which we are thankful for because then he can be the mop-up man and we don't have to waste innings uh, from some of the pitching staff. Uh, but he, Luis Gonzalez comes up and he is uh, the team leader in in uh, batting average by, by a far, by a, by a wide margin. Uh, Yaz is sneaking up on him, though. Yaz has climbed all the way back up to 300 with a 390 OBP. So awesome to see for Yaz. He's not nearly striking out as much as he was last year. And so that is going to be one of the things that I point out that that is actually going well. So Mike Yastrzemski, uh, he had a really good weekend, or I would say the good two series is he, he won a game for the, for the Giants in Colorado. Uh, he had the, the next game uh, that they lost. I think he had like another two or three hits. Uh, and, you know, he's he's 14 walks and 19 strikeouts, and that is tremendous for him because it's felt like last year that there was a hole in his bat. And, you know, it was just frustrating to, to see him after watching him in the bubble season to see how, how well he played. And then it, I mean, we had talked about it. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, now you, you are a threat and now they're going to find ways to get you out. And so he had to deal with that last year. And so it looks like they've made some strides. He's, you know, the, 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 with the 75 coaches that they have and he's playing really well. So kudos to uh, baby Yaz or the Yasmanian devil, the two <laughs> nicknames that I think we're the only ones who call him that. I but, think so. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's great on. to see. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah. After like five years, it'll catch up. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the funny thing too, is you look at, at, at the Yasmanian devil's numbers. See, I'm going to just keep using it because yeah. I keep using it. It's going to catch on. If you look at his number and you look at Austin Slater's numbers, who Slater just went on the, the IL with the wrist infl- inflammation, 
Austin Slater is a pretty uh, another decent loss for the Giants lineup because Slater, 15 walks, 21 mm-hmm. strikeouts. Yep. So, uh, again, pretty base. close there. A couple of stolen bases, 388 on base percentage, 779 OPS. The Giants are just hurting right now, and and but they're still scoring runs, and, and that's the thing. And the pitching staff is, is kind of – I wouldn't say the issue right now because our friend of the show, Jeff Young, put up some fantastic numbers uh, earlier. He tweeted out Alex Cobb's um, numbers, and he said, you know, uh, Alex Cobb might be a microcosm of how the Giants pitching staff has performed this far. And he posted his ERA of 5.61, but his FIP of 2.67. So, I mean, that's a huge discrepancy. So I thought, well, let me go to Fangraphs, one of our favorite sites, and let Mm -hmm. me start looking at everybody's ERA and FIP. When you look at Rodon, of course, I mean, his are just ridiculously low on both ends, 2.60, or sorry, 3.43 ERA and 2.11 FIP. Uh, Then you look at Logan Webb, and he's a little more even, 3.54 ERA, 3.10 WIP, uh, FIP. Then you look at Cobb, and you've got that 5.61, the 2.67. You didn't give up like seven runs in one of those Colorado games. Yeah, it was that first <laughs> inning. And uh, and if, and for those people who aren't familiar with FIP, uh, just throw it out there real quick. It, it, it's kind of the ERA that takes out the batted balls in play. Yeah. So, so anything that's hit into play uh, that's not a home run, is taken out of the equation. So it's strikeouts, unintentional walks, hit by pitches, and home runs. Because those yeah. are the four things that really a pitcher can control. Mm-hmm. So so that's what FIP is. So it's kind of a little bit more true. Then you look at Jacob Junis. He's got a 2.70 ERA and a 3.62 FIP. So that kind of tells you he started out hot. You know, started out, I think, at 10 innings of giving up no runs. Uh, and then things have started to kind of go backwards for him. And that's where the DiSclefani injury is starting to kind of come into play as well. Because now now, now we're starting to see pitching injuries are starting to kind of catch up with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so much hitting injuries because, again, they're, they're still second in the National League in runs scored per game. They're scoring those runs. They're just not holding the opposition down like they used to uh, and like they were predicted to do uh, going into the season. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Now, to understand FIP, you also have to understand the BABIP, which is sort of a, a luck thing with, with hitters, batting averages yeah. on, on balls in play. And that there's there's some luck involved in, in, in that number, right? If somebody is hitting below, uh, you know, who's hitting kind of uh, lower, like a good hitter and his BABIP is low, then you're like, oh, like there's just he's just unlucky this year in some instances. Yeah. And if it's high, then you're like, oh, wow, he's getting, you know, he, he he's getting some by that sometimes would get caught. And when you look at FIP, the two things that I question are, OK, how much of this is just being unlucky 
with the BABIP and how much of this is crappy defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm, 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 I'm only going to pick on him here because I'm, I'm going to praise him in a second, but when you have Darren Ruff in left field and uh, you know, San Diego hits a ball down the line and it bounces off the wall. And by the time Ruff gets to it and then he winds up to throw and then the throw is offline, like, that kind of stuff when you're a pitcher is super frustrating, but you kind of have yeah. to be able to work through that stuff. And then when Manny Machado hits a little flare out in the left field and he misses it on a dive and it gets by him and Manny Machado gets second. And then you see that the scoring is, is a double instead of an error and a, and a, and a single. <laughs> you're just like, come on, dude. <laughs> um, but that's what, yeah. you know, the giants have built their lineups based around, uh, you know, getting guys who have advantages, righty lefty and lefty righty advantages in the lineup, and who can get on base. And we're going to talk about how well Darren Ruff's getting on base right now. But they also sacrifice defense. That's why they ha- they pay for a Tommy Listella. They pay for the offense, and then they just sa- sort of sacrifice the defense a little bit. Uh, and with a Tommy Listella. Uh, on the team, maybe you cannot DH rough as much as you as you may if Tommy Lestella is not on this team. So I say all that to then say one of the other things that is great about the, the, this this last week is Darren Ruff. A lot of those balls that he was scalding and they weren't falling, he just decided, well, I have to hit them over the fence, and then <laughs> no one will catch them. And he did a brilliant that. strategy. <laughs> and he did that uh, in uh, was that it was the first Padres game, I think, Friday night. Mm-hmm. And so his average is climbing up. You know, he's at two thirty eight right now. But the thing that really stands out when you look at his numbers is the twenty five walks. His on base percentage is climbed all the way up to three sixty seven. And this is a dude who it felt like couldn't get on base to save his life because he was hitting everything so hard and it was just getting caught. Now he had not, he didn't let that affect his eye. That's what they love about him most is, is his eye. And, uh, you know, he swings at pitches that he can drive. So I'm crossing my fingers that with Yastrzemski and rough heating up and look, uh, th- there's a giant problem when, uh, Evan Longoria has uh, five hits and uh, out of them, four of them are singles and one of them's a double. Like in, yeah. in you know, since he's come back, <laughs> La Stella had the home run. He's slowly going to be coming along, but I'm hopeful that there's a little bit more punch to this lineup now than there was prior, because the thing that is missing from the lineup is the home runs. And we know how much the home run ball was such a big deal for them last year. Uh, Jock Peterson leads the team in home runs with seven. A lot of them solo home runs. Yeah. Uh, and after that, it's like Wilmer, Belt, Bart. They're all, they all have four. Uh, Casale has three, and he's not an everyday player. So he may be able to get some opportunities to to hit a little bit more now that, you know, it, I think I think it was probably like, you know, two out of every three starts was Bart, and that may change. It may be two out of every four. It may be two out of every three the other way. So they're, I, I fully believe that they're going to find a way to keep scoring runs because that's just what they do. The, the, uh, the hope is also now that if you're right about this FI, and Jeff Young about the FIP and you know sort of some of these things should be evening out a little bit more, uh, I do hope that that, that that is better. And, and look, I thought Logan Webb, you know, we, we were kind of, you know, whispering like, oh, he's not kind of the same guy that he was at the end of last year. And then he started out the game on Sunday, really rough. I think uh, Blackman hit a home run to open the game. Uh, and But then he went like, I think he retired like 19 guys in a row. Yeah. Gave up a little <laughs> blooper to, I think it was Connor Joe, and then they had to take him out, and then the bullpen kind of gave up the game there. So I'm comfortable with Webb, Radone, Cobb, even though Cobb, like even though, like we said, he got bashed for seven runs, he's still missing bats, which is awesome. He's just also getting a little bit too much of the plate in some instances. And I think, you know, yeah. as he 
his his uh, strikeout to innings pitched ratio is really good. He's second, like you know, because we always hear about Radon. Radon's twelve point five strikeouts per nine, and Alex Cobb is eleven point two. Wow. Uh, Wood is actually nine point four. Logan Webb is only six point three. So that's something to kind of circle and 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 wonder about uh, throughout the season. Here's you know we did that we did this segment a couple of different times, and I'll I'll, I'll just bring it up here now. In the are you worried yet? <laughs> Camilla Duvall. Now, if you just look, if you look at the back of the baseball card stats, yeah, he looks okay. Mm-hmm. 2.7 ERA, uh, 16.2 innings pitched, 22 strikeouts. But when I dig a little bit deeper, he's walking five guys for every nine innings pitched. So what that means is, is if he's only going to pitch one inning, Every one inning, he walks half of a guy, or a little bit more than half of a guy. Right. So, so every other time he comes into the game, he's walking somebody. Now the strikeouts, because he does, he he is second to Radon and strikeouts K per nine. Uh, he's going to miss bats, and 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 that's great. But I started to see there was the there was the I think it was this the Wednesday game against Colorado where he comes in to shut the door and he walks two guys. And then they got to kind of do this dance of like, Oh my gosh, are we going to give it up in Colorado again? Got out of it, thankfully. But then in that Friday night game, giants come all the way back to tie and immediately, you know, we're in the extra inning. So you put the runner on second, you know, Machado hits one off the wall. Then there's a line drive back up the middle, another score. So he gives up two runs and they only get one back. And so, you know, he's technically the, the losing pitcher. So, all that being said, we know that he's still young, 24, second year in the bigs. Are you worried about Camilo Duval yet? You know, I'm not worried about him yet because he's, <clears throat> like you said, he's still growing, right? I mean, he's still growing. So we, we saw him ice in his veins end of the season last year, saw him in the playoffs, did a fantastic job. One bad pitch to Cody Bellinger. Um, other than that, in the playoffs, he looks stellar. I'm not worried about him. I think he's still getting seasoned. Um, I kind of miss Mac Cheese at this point <laughs> in the back end of that bullpen. Uh, it's nice to have a lefty security blanket uh, when you need him. Uh, I want to take a look, as a matter of fact, at Mac Cheese's numbers after this because I'm, I, I know he's been pitching pretty well in AAA and his mm-hmm. rehab assignment. Uh, so maybe well, I was hoping we would see him back for the Mets series because um, the Mets do have some good left-handed bats. It would be nice to see Mac Cheese get in there because uh, he was pumping, I think, 93 to 96 in AAA the other day. He struck out three batters and, and he faced three batters, struck out three batters. Um, I'm not worried about Duvall. Um yeah, I'm, I'm about 75% confident, 25% not confident. Um, I think I want to see a little bit more from him. He's not an emotional guy, so it's not like I'm saying I want to see him go out there and get fired up and strike mm-hmm. somebody out and pump his fist or do any of that stuff. I want to see more attacking the zone. I just yeah. want to see him attack the zone. I think I think batters are starting to kind of sit on that slider on the first pitch, and I think that's a bit of a problem. Um, I think if he can go 50, 50 on his first pitch, you don't know if he's throwing a fastball or a slider, you're kind of back on your heels a little bit. Cause you don't know if he's going to pump one one at you with a fastball up in the zone or down in the knees. Uh, I think if you're sitting there and you, and you, and you've watched his slider over and over again on video, and then you go up there and you think first pitch slider. Uh, I mean, he's getting raked when that happens, uh, but he's also just not attacking the zone like he did last year. And I think I think I definitely want to see more of that. I think what you said about Mac Cheese is, is right on because the thing about having uh, having him as 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 the closer, Duvall as the closer, is we we have a, a spare safety key, you know uh, that that we can that we can pull. With Mac Cheese, with Tyler Rogers, if for some reason, you know, Duvall goes through some struggles, but with McGee out and, and also not pitching well when he was here. Yeah. And Tyler Rogers, you know, it's very early for him. And I, I think by the end of the season, his numbers will even out. But, you know, some hard hit balls coming off of the bat against him, yeah. which we didn't see a lot of last year. 
his, his, his numbers still look okay. It's just kind of the eye test for me is like, this dude almost got his head taken off like two times recently. <laughs> yeah. And he's not stri- He's also not striking anybody out. So, you know, those are, those are to be concerned about. Like I thought, okay, you know, could it be Brebbia? Who's going to be the one to kind of step up? Could it be Leon? They're both pitching f- fairly well, even though it seemed like Brebbia, you know, got, got hit a little bit. His, his numbers are excellent. So I think the bullpen, you know, if, if the one there, there's one guy in the pen who's, or I, I guess you would say uh, a couple guys in the pen who are kind of leaky. It, it's Alvarez. I know he gave up. Uh, he gave up a bomb the other day, which is like the first time he's given up a bomb in forever. I think that was the Colorado game that we lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latell, he's he's not throwing well at all. He's getting beat up. Um, but you know, other than that, it's like the, they're they're okay. You know, the 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 bullpen looks solid. It's just on the. It just doesn't feel that way because it seems like these games are all super close and you know we're stretching the bullpen out but that's kind of the way that they built this team so that you know that's 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 how this season is going to be well and then and when you look in the minors too of, of who the giants have down there they still have junior Marte that can come back up uh Raynell Espinal came up for a little bit. Uh Yovera, uh Jake Yeah, Yo, Yo, and Yovera threw well. Um yeah. uh, Marte not not so much. He, he got beat up a right. little bit, but yeah. Um but still a, a live arm. Gregory yeah. Santos, another live arm. Yeah. Um the Giants do have some live arms. Uh Kervin Castro. Um and looking at Jake McGee's numbers, he's he's Pitched in only two games since he's been down there when the rehab assignment, two innings, five strikeouts. So he struck out five of the six batters that he's faced. And not you know, when, when Jelly run. went back down, he mm-hmm. gave up like seven runs and both oh, starts yeah. of his next start. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he caught whatever, um, whatever Elio Ramos caught. You yeah. know, it's you come up, you get a taste of the bigs, you really enjoy it. You're loving life. And then you get sent back down and you're, you know, just kind of toil in triple A. And yeah. Speaking of Ramos, God, what is he hitting? 181 right now. I think he's just, I, I, I he he'd started to do some things, but yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's uh that all those teams are about five hundred except for our San Jose Giants. They're they're pounding them out, man. That's that's yeah. the one of the that's the jewel of the farm system, I think. Yeah, exactly. Game. And we have it in our own backyard, or you do at least. Yeah, right? I know. I haven't yeah. been to a game yet, but soon I need to go. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Bednar two st- two starts in a row where he was not great. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, before we get to the next thing, which is I want to have a quick discussion on Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. I say quick because you know there's no <laughs> there's no way Nationals going to trade him. But yeah. I just kind of like the idea of him being possibly available to the Giants down the line, even if it is not soon. Yeah. But before we do that, uh, I wanted to show my drink. So yeah, before it's gone. Before it's gone, I know <laughs> it's like it's a little warm, and so I'm like, I'm like uh, drinking so fast because it's warm in this room. <laughs> um, but okay, so went to the store, and I saw this. The bullet crafted cocktails. Yeah. So I bought the old fashioned one and you just pour it over ice. And, you know, it's like a, you know, a drink size is like a shot and a half. Yeah. And I think there's supposed to be like seven or eight drinks in this thing or something Hmm. for, it was less than 20 bucks. I was like, wow, like how did they make money off of that when (laughs) bullet, you know, bullet bourbon is like, 30 bucks for probably 15 or 20 shots. I don't know. I, I, yeah. what, whatever. But I thought it was interesting and I love trying stuff and it's pretty good. Like I, I'm not the, the thing that I have to fight is I can, even though it says there's only two carbs, there's some sugar in this thing Yeah, uh, with the bitters and all that stuff. But uh, it's also just for my taste buds. It's a little sweet. So I have to kind of water it down a little bit or else I'm just going like, Oh my gosh, it feels like I'm drinking like, candy um <laughs> but no but it, it's kind of cool like because a lot of people are like oh you know i want to make mine but other people are like i'm so sick of making them just ha- yeah. make them for me i'll pour them over ice and then we're good so yeah they, they have another one the manhattan i'm sure i'll try that one at some point but this was pretty this was nice it was a fun little thing i like that these uh these companies are are 
taking advantage of us in, during the pandemic of <laughs> drinking more. And they're like, hey, let's let's keep them home. I think, yeah, we were talking about it. So I'm going into Vegas, to Vegas in like two weeks or something like that. Two, yeah, and I'm there this weekend. And you're there this weekend. So we were talking about the fact that uh, it's going to be hot. It's definitely going to be hot there, especially in June when I go. It's going to be hot there when you go this weekend. But um, that might be something good. I wonder if you can put that in the fridge, take that mm-hmm. with you down there, throw it in the fridge. Are you flying? I'm sure you're flying. Yeah, probably. flying. Yeah. yeah, so we're driving down there. So I could throw one in the back of the car or pick one yeah. up and get down there, throw it in the fridge. That's a great and, uh, idea. Yeah, just bring it down to the pool, stick it in uh, you know, the coffee tumbler down yeah. to the pool, pour it in there, a couple ice cubes, and you're Tr- That's a tremendous so. idea. Yeah. Like That's it. why they pay you the big bucks, man. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the check yet. <laughs> sure, it's coming. All right. What are you so, doing? All right. So I got the Zevia grapefruit. I forgot mm. to bring it in. I forgot to bring in the bottle with me, though, but I got the Zevia grapefruit and and I forgot a lime. See, this is what happens. <laughs> the Giants make make moves an hour before we go on the air. So, so I got grapefruit, citrus, uh, Zevia, which, of course, has no sugar in it because that's just not what we do. And, uh, you know, I, I do anyways on occasion, but, um, and then the Terramana, uh, I guess it's the Blanco, right? The, the, the white, the silver, the silver. Yeah. Yeah. So the Terramana, the rocks tequila, um, when it gets warm and man, it's like 82 in Reno today, when it gets warm, that's kind of the drink I go to Yeah. big ball ice cube in it. And, uh, sip on that sucker for a little while it's pretty pretty refreshing but i usually put a lime in it oh, running around trying to get, <laughs> get, get the cat out of the den while i'm closing the doors <laughs> up too. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, all right so before we get to the soto thing um let's get to our player of the week because i mean i kind of talked about him a lot already so we don't have to go too in depth why don't you just give us the how the vote shook down yeah, and you actually talked about we talked about two of the players on the on the poll mm-hmm. this week. So we mm-hmm. had a uh, uh, third place Tyro Estrada, who we've talked about him. I and mean, he's the silent killer out there. He's doing his job. Four thirty five average, four fifty nine woba, two runs, two ribs, a stolen base, only a twelve percent K rate. And these guys have all had tw- over twenty at bats this week. I try when I pick the poll guys, unless it's a batter who has who's had like ten or twelve at bats. And he's hit like four or five home runs or done something tremendous. I won't put him on here. I kind of want a full week out of somebody. So Estrada came in third place with 13% of the vote. Second place, Darren Ruff, 33% of the vote, 333 average, 516 Woba, two home runs, eight runs, seven RBIs, 27% walk rate. We talked about how his, his walks are going up, his average is going up. Uh, everything that you that a Farhan Zaidi GM drools over, all of those numbers are going up. He came in second place with the vote. Baby Yaz, Mike yep. Stremski, the Yasmanian devil, uh, took the first place, took first place, 53% of the vote, 474 average, 577 Woba, home run, six runs, five RBIs, a very low 13% K rate, putting the bat on the ball, getting on base, creating runs and it shows with that 577 woba that weighted on base average um just the yasmanian devil out there killing it for us this week and with that mustache too (laughs) that thing is very pirate-esque that is that is nice (laughs) all right so let's talk about not gonna go too in depth because uh, this was more in the middle of last week when this came out but buster only wrote something to say, you know, the Washington may have to think about trading Juan Soto possibly. Yeah. Ken Rosenthal then said, you know, they can't, this would be like trading Ted Williams, you know, before he hit his prime. And yeah. they're right. Like if you look at Juan Soto's numbers, he's, he's one of the best baseball players and he's only 23 years old, but it made you think like, could the giants be in on him? If for whatever reason, all of a sudden, he's he's for for trade, and when you look at the current prospects, the way that they work out, the first two off the table are uh, uh, Lucky Luciano and Kyle Harrison. Those are the, those are immediately off the table. See you guys later. You're on 
the Nationals. But they would probably have to toss in a couple of more guys. And I don't know if the Giants have that. Grant Brisby wrote a great piece basically saying that, you know, they they don't they don't really have the next pieces. You know, they have the the two pieces, which are great starting pieces, but they would need more. And some of that is because guys like Hunter Bishop, Patrick Bailey, um, Matos, they're not playing great. I think Matos is, is injured actually right now. Yeah. But they have it. A, a knee issue, right? He's, 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 knee uh, issue. Yeah, he's been out for a little while. Something yeah. with his leg for sure. But those guys aren't at the at at the same level as they were, or at the same level as they should be, or the Giants expect them to. Now, there's a great piece in on the Athletic today about Pat Burrell working out with Hunter Bishop and Patrick Bailey, and I think uh, Glowinky, Jimmy Glowinky. Mm-hmm. I saw him at San Jose last year, and because they're all, all three of those guys are hitting under 200, and so they were talking about how Pat Burrell is holding onto their jersey while they're swinging. And saying like this is how you stay back. Like, you guys are lunging too much, and so it's kind of cool. I love I love reading stuff like that because yeah, uh, you know, just the science of hitting and such. But Juan Soto, if they put him out there, you basically got to say pick your five guys, right? Like that's how the mm-hmm. Giants would probably do this because to to be able to have Juan Soto at the age that he is now, because he came, he 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 became a major leaguer. Did he did he make the bigs as like a teenager? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe he was uh, nineteen. His, so his his clock starts a lot earlier than most people his age. Mm-hmm. So his free agency is going to be up sooner than normal play because, like you you know, Hunter Bishop is already older than than Juan Soto, and he's not even in the big leagues yet. So and I, just just to frame it too, I believe if they traded for him, uh, let let's say the Giants traded for him today. He would be controllable for the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. All of 2023, he's yes. arbitration year three next year. He's making 17.1 million this year on arbitration, on an arbitration deal. So he'd be controllable through the end of this year, 2023 and 2024, and become a free agent in 2025. Yes. It's still worth it. Like you don't have him yeah. for <clears throat> six years, but He's uh, he he's not even reached his prime yet. Yeah. Well, and the other key thing is, if the Giants were to get him, the Dodgers don't get him. Yes. Because the Dodgers are always in on the biggest free agent, the biggest trade piece. I mean, look at last year, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. I mean, that's you talk about the two of the best players in baseball. They just went out and grabbed them because that's what they do. And you know what's fascinating about the Trey Turner thing? They had the opportunity to possibly renew him. And they're like, hmm, we don't really have to. <laughs> like, we, we, we'll be in on whoever the next guy is. We'll be in on all. Yeah. And they may, they may still sign him, right? But they had the opportunity to get it done before this season started, and they decided not to. And you mentioned him. So the other thing that I was going to say, Let's say the Dodgers allow him to just go. Is it, would he be somebody that you would hope the Giants would be in on and possibly in the race to to get? 1,000%. <clears throat> I honestly think he's one of the top like five players in the game. Um, On-base percentage, power, Stolen base. Yeah. He can play on the infield. He can play in the outfield. Um, he is like the quintessential Giants player. Uh, what Zaidee and Harris look for. Uh, so, yes, I, I would be 1,000% in on Trey Turner when the Dodgers got him. I think that hurt me personally more <laughs> than Max Scherzer. Because um, I would say, I mean, yeah, Max Scherzer, great pitcher. That's fantastic. Pitches every fifth day. You could yeah. get into a game where, you know, a situation where, okay, well, he's coming out of the bullpen against the Giants in game five of the NLDS. Um, but, you know, Trey Turner is four or five at bats a game, uh, game changer, playmaker, um, you know, just that guy who is pesky 
and uh, makes great plays in the field too. Uh, he's an all-star. He's just a, a quintessential all-star. You know, it's crazy about the fact that they did not re uh, re up him yet is they just lost Corey Seager. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, it's I, not like they go, Oh, we have a guy waiting. So if, if he leaves, then, you know, we've been, this guy is going to be ready. Like but I they look have at their Gavin Lux though, but they right, have Gavin Lux. I mean, they have more of a second but... baseman though. He is, but I think you could put him at short as well. I think he's played a little bit of short. And and I'm looking at the Dodgers uh, prospect rankings. This is uh, MLB.com's. I was going to say rankings. I'm proud to proud to say I don't know much about the Dodgers. Yeah, the the just the fact that <laughs> you know they got the the catcher who's one of the top prospects in, in all of baseball, but no you know no shortstop guys at least uh, going down until number ten. Uh, Wilman Diaz, and he's only 18, so he wouldn't be somebody that they that they would bring up anytime soon. They got another guy, Jacob Amaya, who's in Double A, but he's 23. He's only 19 on their list, so it doesn't look like anybody in their current farm system is is uh, on their next. You know, like like we heard about Seager, you know, years yeah. and years and years ago. That, that well, guy's not there, so I don't know. I, I don't know what the what the idea is behind that for them to just be like, no, nah, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're cool right now. We may, maybe we'll, you know, negotiate later, but you know, we're well, good. Lux did play 59 games at shortstop last year and has only played two this year at shortstop. So, I mean, the possibility is there. I think that, you know, they, they have that flexibility. Um, do they want him to be their everyday shortstop? Probably not. But they're the Dodgers, so if they let, um, you know, let Trey Turner walk, they could probably just say, "Let's go get Xander Bogarts." I mean, there's yeah, that, I mean, they, that that's definitely on the table for sure. That's exactly what they can do. Mm -hmm. And look at the Rangers too. The Rangers have uh, Semyon and Corey Seager. Well, Semyon is just crap in the bed right now in Texas. He's Semyon, Semyon and Joey Bart are like texting back and forth. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the Dodgers could probably make a simple deal for that and say, well, we'll eat that salary and we'll take Semyon and he yeah. probably turn things around because the guy's a stud and he has a track record of it. Yeah. So they, you know, they'll find a shortstop if they let Trey Turner walk. And if they let him walk, God, we, we, we really need to go after him because uh, Brandon Crawford's on a two-year deal. Mm -hmm. He's going to be, what, 36 at the end of that deal, at the end of next year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, got to fill that hole. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to talk about uh, the upcoming schedule. So the Mets come into town, and we have three. Is it three with them? Yes, three games, um, <clears throat> or possibly four. Let me look. Um, after this weekend, I didn't even want to look forward on the schedule. I was a little <laughs> afraid to, because I knew the Mets were coming into town. That's all I knew. Yeah. That's all I wanted to know. Cobb goes tonight. Yeah, so we got three games with the Mets, then day off Thursday, then off to Cincy for three, off to Philly, there are very few two-game series. Uh, I don't think you play two-game series much if it's not against a National League West opponent anymore. The series against Cincinnati probably cannot come sooner enough. The, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they are. Are they still the worst team in baseball? I have this. I have the standings here. Uh, Cincinnati. They, they went on a mini tear. They went yeah, they actually had tear. a good week. Six and did four you, week. Did you see the time of the Sunday game while you're in Vegas? No. Is it? Oh, it's early, right? It's an eight thirty game. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was <laughs> telling me about that. I'm like, oh my god. I, you expect me to be awake by uh, then? Probably. I'll be awake for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's, uh, so a, that's a three day weekend, actually. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, yeah. Totally. I'll be awake. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati. They they went six and four over the last ten. They are twelve and twenty eight. Um. Washington has 14 wins. Kansas City has 14 wins. Detroit has 14 wins. And yeah, so they they are the worst team in baseball. Yeah. Which means that doesn't mean much if the Giants lose two out of three. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. it's only it only comes at the perfect <laughs> time when you're like, gosh, we are hungry and we need to sweep these guys. Now, that's not to say that they're not going to get they're not going to hold uh, hold court here against New York because you know, New York is is a really good team, but I, I have a feeling 
since that last series in New York where New York kind of made the Giants look bad. You know, it wasn't it wasn't fun at all watching those right. games. No Scherzer. He's out for a couple of months here, or about a month and a half, um, with that weird side thing that that he had happen. The the oblique, yeah. yeah. Where he all of a sudden kind of pointed to his side after a pitch and said, Okay, I'm good, coming out. Yeah, that was it was so weird. Is is that kind of what happened to Mac Cheese? Uh, you know, it, not in the middle of the game, not, not after throwing a pitch. Um, I think his was just more kind of a mystery type of thing where miles per hour were down on the fastball. I don't know if anybody really saw anything. I mean, um, I mean it, it literally might be a made up injury just to get him on the deal. <laughs> It's possible. <laughs> they should have waited till Sacramento traveled to Reno to do it because he's from Sparks mm. and he could have slept in his own bed for six days, right? Because now, yeah. you know, it, it, these these minor league series are six games. So, so uh, Pete Alonso, obviously, he, uh, he's got 10 jacks, 37 RBI for the Mets. And it's so funny because when you see these great teams, like, and I look at the stats, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I, you know, I'm ready to see like some crazy stats. But no, they don't even have a 300 hitter in their everyday lineup, uh, unless uh, I guess now um, their they're second baseman since Cano's gone, I guess he he technically counts. But um, no, he doesn't because he's McNeil's backup. So like they they don't have a 300 hitter. Uh, maybe McNeil, I guess McNeil is hitting 306. But it's just how everybody's lineup is, right? Like, you're just yeah. like, oh, I expect to see these gaudy numbers from these great teams. And nope, Pete Alonso, 10 home runs, 37 RBI, 279, and a 349 on base. He is their, uh, he's their big hitter. Even Lindor is only hitting 239. Uh, Marte is only hitting 270. He's only got four home runs. So even in the offensive struggles, the Mets are still playing really good baseball. And uh, so who's throwing for the Mets today? It is. Uh, I just had this and now I don't have it. I think it's uh, Peterson. Yes. Peterson's throwing today. Do we know the rest of their, the rest of their rotation for this series? Uh, I think they're. Um, oh, it's, it's Bassett and then to be determined. Yeah. I was going to say that they're to be determined. We have Junis on Wednesday and we got Webby tomorrow. And Bassett's thrown excellent for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scherzer, of course, was was their top dog, and he is not there. Uh, Carrasco is is throwing pretty well, um, but yeah, this Peterson guy has uh, he's only pitched in three. He has he has let's see three starts, and uh, he's pitched he's pitched well so far one point eight nine ERA, uh, but he's he's you know he's thrown about six innings a start so. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a good challenge for them. I want to see, like, you know, when we were talking about this Padres thing, I was like, man, you know, there was so many feelings going on with that Padres series. I want the Giants to, they're going to come in. Giants are going to stomp their, you know, their chest in. They're going to, you know, (laughs) do everything they can to win these games. And then they didn't. And I was like, wow, I didn't expect it to happen that way. So I'm so I sort of feel the same way about the Mets. Like, oh, Mets are gonna come in. We owe them. They made us look bad. And so maybe they were saving it for the Mets. <laughs> but I really want to see them play really good baseball in these three games. I, I don't want to see, you know, what happened yesterday where you're like, gosh, maybe they're not as good as we think, you know? That's what yeah. those games make you make you feel. I think what the Giants need to do to win this series is their Fly ball to ground ball percentage has been creeping up the last week. Uh, so if they can keep the ball on the ground, again, we talked about it early. That, that's what the Giants did to build their pitching staff. Brought in pitchers who keep the ball on the ground and, and, and get strikeouts. Uh, they need to get back to that. Uh, let the defense, the infield defense work, not so much the outfield defense. Keep the ball on the ground. Uh, and score early. And and when the Giants score a run in the first, two runs, you know, uh, in the second and whatnot, um, when they can go out to a one nothing, two nothing, three nothing lead early in the game, that's their strength. When you know you saw against the Padres, you know, I'd, I'd be in one room putting some laundry away, and I'd come back over here, and I'd come back over, and all of a sudden they, the Padres have runners at the corners, and they're up <laughs> one nothing, and I'm going. 
come on, man. Because <laughs> the Giants aren't aren't the team that's that's built for the the huge comebacks right now because they just aren't they don't have the strength of their lineup. Um, I put together that chart. I don't know if you have it, but I wanted to. I'm going to look at it myself, but um, just the big guys who have missed games, Brandon Belt, Lamont Wade Jr., Evan Longoria, Tommy Listella, all four of those guys were supposed to be in the starting lineup uh, on opening day, and they just can't get healthy and back on the field and hitting. Um, And so when you look at it, Brandon Belt has played in 65% of the Giants' 40 games, Lamont Wade Jr., 25%. Longoria, 25%. Tommy Listella, 10%. So th- there it is. Listella being back now. Longoria being back. Brandon Belt is hurt again. Lamont Wade Jr. is hurt again. That That's just kind of the Giants can't get that momentum going. Yes, they are scoring a lot of runs, but you'd like to see the consistency in Jock Peterson. I mean, his, his May – Remember, he came out in a tear, and we go, oh, this is the greatest sign ever. <laughs> we didn't need, uh, you know, Castellanos. To, yeah. We could spend one year, $6 million on Jock Peterson. He hit three fifty three in April, then had the, the groin injury. So three fifty three in April with six home runs, 10 RBIs. And now in May, he's hitting oh ninety three with one home run and four RBIs. Um, he still has walked seven times yeah. and struck out only 12 times in the entire month of May. Um, but, you know, guys like him need to get going. There needs to be that consistency, and it needs to be early. It can't be one of those things where all of a sudden in the sixth inning, when you're down 4 nothing and you try to get a rally going and you score one run, and the next inning maybe you score another, but then you give up another one or two. Um, you know, the Giants just need to get back to pitching, and 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 keep the ball on the ground and get the strikeouts. All right, so crossing my fingers for a really strong week. I, now, I wonder how Kapler would feel about this, which is, you know Cincinnati is coming up, mm. and now if you play good baseball, you probably win two out of three just because you're so much more talented than them. Yeah. But if you try so hard to win these three games against the Mets, maybe you empty the tank a little bit. You don't have a lot left for Cincinnati. I wonder how he manages this thing. But, you know, I expect competitive games. I expect good baseball. I expect, uh, you know, some of these guys to turn it on, like we were saying, Yastrzemski and Ruff to to keep it in the baseball well. And I'm interested to see Cobb bounce back because I'm sure – he sees the same things that we see, which is he's got some dominant innings, and then he's got just like one inning where he just leaves a hanger and it gets hit for a three-run homer. So, yeah. you know, this is a good team to uh, to, to show your stuff at. That this is what the game, the team he got injured against. Remember, remember yeah, in New York exactly. where he he pulled his hammy or whatever it was that 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 yeah. he got hurt. So, all right. Well, uh, Go ahead. But but just to just to build on that, Kapler, the, the the way you see it as him as a manager is every game is almost like a season. Let's just you know, first inning is the first month, second inning is the second month. Keep building, 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 and and you're just playing in within that season. I don't think he's thinking about tomorrow or the next day. Um, yes, you have to when you talk about the bullpen, but but you're not going to win you're you're not going to win the series tonight against yeah. the Mets yep. and and Peterson you yep. you you just have to play this game and stay within yourself i he's not the type of manager i think where where they this is the type of team where he's going to empty the tank and uh you know it's it's not a playoff series it's a one game at a time let's yep. just keep going it's may got a lot of of season left yep all right, next week we will be back on Tuesday instead of Monday because of the holiday. Also, uh, there have been a bunch of death lineup shows because the Warriors mm-hmm. in the playoffs. We did not record after last night. We had to miss one game, but we'll be back Tuesday. Um, and then if need be, Thursday. Uh, the Warriors could end it by uh, by winning Tuesday. We also just put up the audio version of the Red and Gold Standard. So Zach and Matt are back 
talking about Trey Lance and why the media is down on young Trey Lance uh, and, and other things, everything going on with the 49ers right now. So that is up. And uh, yeah, so Brad and I will be back on Tuesday. You'll have at least one more death lineup between then. And, uh, and yeah, so this feed is very active. If you are listening on podcasts, we appreciate it. Throw us a little love there with the, with the five-star review. If you are watching us, uh, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe. That helps us get into their YouTube algorithm a little bit more. All the Facebook stuff is great. Our uh, BSPN Facebook page is popping. Got a lot of subscriptions on there, uh, so it's 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 awesome. A lot of follows, so it's been it's been great. Uh, okay, so for Brad, I am a Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Hey there, I'm Brandon Kelly from the Always Cheating Podcast, co-hosted with my friend Josh Landon. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What is Blue Wire? Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and their business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. And it's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. So if you'd like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, visit WeFunder.com slash BlueWire.